Does the biblical gospel of grace give us a license to sin? The gospel of grace goes something like this. We're saved purely by the work that Jesus did for us when we place our faith in him for salvation. The Bible teaches this gospel, but many seekers of God have asked the follow-up question, well, if I'm saved purely because of God's gift, his grace that he gives me freely, does that mean I can just live however I want to live? That's what we're going to talk about today as we get into the fifth chapter in the book of Galatians. Because this is where the writer Paul turns his attention after spending four chapters defending the one true gospel. Let's go back to where we started in week number one of this series. The central theme of Galatians is what I call the sweet spot of grace. This is the message that Paul came to Galatia with when he first started the churches there. But then remember, this group called the Judaizers swept in and they started teaching a different message. The part on the right there. They started teaching that we're saved by Jesus plus works. In other words, it's not purely 100% grace. You still have to do something to work for it. And Paul clearly shot down that false gospel. But now he's going to talk about the other side of the equation here. He's going to talk about sin. And here's the first thing that we're going to learn. Jesus came to give us true freedom, not slavery to works on one side or to sin on the other. Let's take a look at chapter 5, verse 1. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. This is the message that Paul gets to in most of his letters. Remember, he wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. So, for example, in Romans chapter 6, he said, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So Paul is trying to make it clear to the new believers in Galatia that just because we don't have to follow the Jewish law to be saved doesn't mean the law is pointless. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the law. In fact, we're going to learn this next. True freedom is about getting back to the original intent of the law. And here it is to love God and love others. This is what he says later on in chapter 5. He says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the message that most Christians in America have been waiting to hear. We don't, after all, struggle with legalism. A lot of what we've talked about so far in this series doesn't really relate to most of our churches because most of us don't go to really legalistic churches. Our problem is the opposite of that. Our problem is we think we can do whatever we want. Our problem, many Christians, let's admit it, many Christians trample on the grace of Jesus and they live a life that does not honor God whatsoever. And this is just as bad as legalism. Here's what God said through his prophet Ezekiel. He spoke about a time when I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. We talked in chapter 3 about the promised Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit comes into every one of us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. But this verse, this prophetic verse, tells us what the Holy Spirit's role is. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't want to come in and keep us from keeping the law. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and help us to be obedient to the law. And that's really the point that Paul is driving at in chapter 5. True freedom can only be achieved from the inside out, and it's the product of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. He says it like this in verses 16 and 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And then he says this, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. And then he lists out some of the acts of the sinful nature, or sarks in the original Greek, and the fruit of the Spirit, or pneuma in Greek. And I've just listed a few of them right here for you because I want you to see how relational these words are. On the left side, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, anger, division. Those are relational sins. They keep us from being able to love our neighbors like God wanted all along. But the fruit of the Spirit on the right are things like love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. These are the kinds of things that enhance relationships. These are the things that allow us to love our neighbor. Remember, Jesus himself said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and you need to love your neighbor as yourself. But so many Christians today, in our freedom, we actually don't think very much about this. We don't think about the purpose of the law and the purpose and the goal of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When you become a Christian, just like Paul said in Galatians 3, you get the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is over time produce more and more fruit of the Spirit. Things like love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And so that's why Paul ends the chapter with this challenge. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So here's what you can talk about with your family, small group, or your mentor. Which fruit of the Spirit is strong in your life right now? And which one is lacking? Talk about it, and we'll see you next week to wrap up this series.